Give it up for Jesus. Hallelujah. And I just want to praise the Lord uh, publicly to thank him for these 19 years of Word of Faith Global Ministries that we actually celebrated last Sunday was actually our 19th year as a church and to God be the glory. So pastor wanted to wait until today when I was in town to uh, have some treats for you all. So after service, you all can take some treats home with you in celebration of our 19 years. God is good. Amen. Amen. Wow. God is good. So we're, we're, we're walking into our 20th already. So next year we'll have our own place and we're going to celebrate big. Amen. Amen. Am I having some agreement in the house? <laughs> Praise God. Glory to God. Well, we welcome all those who are joining us also online. Welcome to our Word of Faith Global Ministries family, and thank you for joining us. I'm bringing uh, this morning, um, <clears throat> can I have that <clears throat> as well? No, the other. I'm bringing this morning the second installment of our series <clears throat> entitled, how many of you like this 80s style <laughs> artwork? Uh, Actually, Pastor Ricky Jr. was the one that uh, came up with that one. Don't forget to remember. Don't forget to remember. Without a doubt, <clears throat> heaven is a real place. Can you say amen to that? Heaven is real. I know that there's a movie out there. There's a book out there, I think, too, from uh, the experience that uh, I believe it was a young boy that had, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But heaven is is a real place. I have no doubt about that. Um, <clears throat> most people believe in heaven or some kind of a place where people go to when they pass on, uh, while others don't believe in any kind of afterlife. Now, it is true that there are so many unknowns uh, with regards to heaven, but the Bible, is, if, as we read scripture, the Bible uh, gives us some clues here and there and some pretty amazing descriptions. We've got streets of gold, right? We have uh, angels. Uh, the Bible talks about the saints that are in heaven, a throne room. Uh, different colors. If if we are enamored by so much color and so much beauty in nature that God created, imagine for a moment what heaven must look like. Uh, we see living creatures and things of that nature as well. Uh, many people have had near-death experiences as well as visions of heaven, including skeptics, including those that aren't believers. Uh, many describe some amazing heavenly scenes, including seeing some loved ones, a bright light, and the like. But today I want to talk to you about something that's found in heaven that pertain to what we do and how we do things here on earth, in this realm. Uh, some years ago, you might remember that I brought a message on a Wednesday night about the different books that are in the Bible, that are described in the Bible, that are in the heavenly realm, these different books. How many of you remember that teaching? I actually gave that on a Wednesday night. So for those of you that are not aware, I typically give a Wednesday night teaching or a table talk on Wednesdays at 8 p.m. So I'm just giving a little plug in for that. You can tune in. Many people actually, since it's at 8 o'clock in the evening and they're too busy, they don't tune in live, but they watch it or see it or, or listen to it uh, within the next few days after that. But I talked about these different books that are in the Bible. We've got the Book of the Living we have a book of life or uh, sometimes referred to as the Lamb's book of life. So the book of the living, the Lamb's book of life. There's actually a book of tears. Did you know that? There's a book of tears mentioned in the Bible. Uh, the book of deeds or works as well. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I'm a book freak. 
I, I love, if I had a house that had a, just one room to make it a library, I would absolutely love that. Uh, one of my, this is totally off topic, but it just comes to mind. One of my favorite um, Disney movies, even though I'm not too happy with Disney these days, but one of my favorite movies is um, uh, uh, Beauty and the Beast. Do you remember that one scene where there's this whole library that the Beast has and he gifts that library to her and she's all, you know, happy about it? That's me. If I had a large uh, room or a large, uh, larger house, I should say, because I have a pretty nice big house, if I had an extra room, I would make it just a library. <laughs> hint, hint. Huh? I'm talking a fifth room. I have four, four bedrooms, one of which is a library slash office, but I want just a library. <laughs> hey, I can dream. Thank you very much. I can dream. So in heaven, you see these books, and then there's a book of remembrance, a book of remembrance. Back then, I gave an overview of these books, uh, and because our series is entitled don't forget to remember, I felt compelled to camp out today a little bit on this book of remembrance. Is that all right with you? Amen. I believe we're going to glean a lot from, from it today. As human beings, we tend to be forgetful. Now, I'm going to chuckle a little bit throughout this portion of my message. And you all don't see pastor's face, but pastor's already smiling with a smirk on his face, and I'll tell you why in a moment, but we, we're forgetful people. Yeah, we are, okay? We forget where we put our keys. We forget where we put our phones. As a matter of fact, yesterday on our way here to the parking lot, pastor tells me midway, he says, oh, I forgot my wallet. So I didn't have my purse with my license in it, and he wasn't driving. He was driving without his wallet. So we prayed, <laughs> and uh, pastor controlled his speed, and to God be the glory, we got back to the house without any issues. But you forget things. We forget our phones. Sometimes we forget our brains. <laughs> Amen? We forget passwords. I, I, I don't know about you, but I have an app for that. I have tons of passwords, and I don't write it down on a piece of, sh piece of uh, paper, piece, a sheet of paper or a journal or anything, because I'm always afraid that, you know, it's going to get lost, and, you know, I mean, all the passwords are there, so I actually keep it on an app. And, uh, and I'm the password keeper because pa pastor's always like, what's my password for this? What's my password for that? And I don't know about you either, but I, I just live on the reminders app on the phone. Anybody else? I, I think of something that I know that I need to do within the next few days or the next few moments. And before I forget, I put it in my app so I don't forget to remember. Do some of you do that, or is that just me? Yeah? Okay. And, and I don't know what's been going on with my reminder app lately. It's been on slow-mo uh, lately. But sometimes, too, we forget conversations that we've had with people. And now, at this moment, I think I'm just going to kind of, like, not look at Pastor. <laughs> and I'm just going to kind of, like, keep a little shade here. Because I know for a fact that I'm guilty of this many times. And I'm not going to look at Martha either because Martha and I always had that conversation when I worked at Heartbeat of Miami at the actual office. But, you know, be, be it for a lack of paying attention to what is being said or we're already formulating a response ahead of time, right? Therefore, we aren't really concentrating on what that person is saying. Thank you, Gotti. Thank you. I'm guilty of that. Why? Because my brain is constantly going at a high speed. I I'm thinking of a million things at the same time. 
And believe it or not, a lot of times when I'm in, engaged in a conversation, especially when it comes to me and pastor, you know, it has to do with something that we have to do or something that we, we, we can't forget that we accomplish or complete, be that, you know, series, be that messages, be that our trips uh, back and forth here, whatever it might be. So I'm already thinking, I've got to remember to do that. So my brain is working on overload sometimes. So I personally, me, not looking at anybody else in the audience, but me, I have to make a concerted effort to concentrate and pay attention to the conversation. Am I alone here? Okay. But I've also found myself sometimes forgetful of important things. Important things. The other day we were engaged with our grandchildren. And uh, of course, we've got five grandchildren and they all uh, act in different manners. They're all very different. All five are very, very different. And uh, And, and I was trying to remember, I was trying to really recollect uh, Christy and Ricky at that age. And I, I really couldn't remember. Sometimes, you know, I, I tell Christy or I'll tell Ricky, man, I, I, I can't remember how you were at that age. You know, there's some things that, I mean, my children are 35 and 30. So, you know, some things you remember, some things you do tend to forget a little bit. So a lot of times I've got to go back to pictures. Like, you know, I'm talking about the actual pictures, not phones, right? Those pictures that fade away after years that you have in albums. And I got to go back to them so then I remember. Does that happen to you? So God is all about remembering. Throughout the Bible, he instructs the children of Israel to remember, to remember, remember what he's done, to remember what he has done. As a matter of fact, too, in the New Testament, Jesus himself at the Last Supper, which we're going to partake of today after service, at the Last Supper, Jesus actually tells his disciples, do this in remembrance of me. That's why we partake of communion together as a church to remember the sacrifice that Jesus did on the cross for us. Why do we need to remember? Well, like I said, we easily forget. And because we are forgetful people and we easily forget, When we put to mind and stir up those memories of what God has done, it builds up our faith. We were talking about faith just a few moments ago. It builds up our faith. Remembering is a faith generator. Remembering is a faith generator. Remembering the goodness of God causes our faith to rise up in us. It stirs up our spirit, man, when we go through the pages of Scripture and we remember what God has done. This Bible, this book right here, in and of itself, is a book of remembrance. Amen? The pages of times past are written out for us so that we don't forget that Yahweh is all-powerful, that Yahweh is omnipotent, that he is omniscient. Amen? Who, who can part a red sea or make the sun stand still but our God? Amen? Who can speak into nothing and in an instant bring about the constellations, the earth, and everything in the universe? Who? Who makes man from the dust of the earth and breathes the breath of life into his nostrils? I'll tell you who. Our God. That's who. Why? Because it's in this book. Who can calm the raging seas? Pastor Hilda, like you were talking about this morning. Walk on water, heal the sick, deliver the demonically oppressed, but him alone. 
He is outside of time and nothing and no one compares to him. He is almighty. If we, if we try to put God in this box of who we think he is, that'll never suffice. God is outside of time. And for us to try to even imagine that, it's beyond our imagination. It's beyond our scope of understanding. As a matter of fact, I know that recently I had a conversation on a table talk with Ryan Peterson. I don't know if some of you heard that talk, but we talked about quantum physics and quantum entanglement. And my goodness, there is so much in that, that God is outside of time. He is, he was in our past. He is in our present and he is in our future all together, all encompassing. It is out of this world to even think of that. That is who our God is. The Bible reminds us that he is loving that he is gracious and faithful, that he's a God who wants to spare us from harm, one that provides for us in every single way. He's the God that gives us peace and assurance. How many of us need that today? He gives us hope and help when we need it. He is a good father. And when we remember what he's done countless of times, when we review these pages over and over again, our faith begins to increase and rise up to another level. Why? Because we are remembering. We are reminiscing. We are recalling those things. He's the God of the impossibilities. And when we remember that, it helps us to keep our focus, our eyes fixed on him. Amen? On what he's done, on what he is doing, and what he will do. The impossible. Amen? And so, the Bible talks about God remembering. Some examples are found in Noah, in Sarah, Rachel, and Hannah. Now, does this mean that God is forgetful? Absolutely not. We're the ones that are forgetful. But he makes it a point of recording this one mysterious book called the Book of Remembrance so that we know that what we do here is being chronicled. So today, I've entitled this message, Don't Forget That He Remembers. So say that out loud with me. Don't forget that he remembers. Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I thank you for your beautiful word. And I thank you that you bring to our remembrance, Lord, from these written pages of times past, you put to remembrance of who you are. Mere words cannot even describe your immensity, your great works, your mighty hand, your power. Yet we are reminded of it through these words, and we thank you for it, God. I pray, Lord, that as this message is brought forth, that it would fall on good soil and it would produce much fruit. I am here, Lord, your vessel. Use me to bring honor and glory to your name. I step out of the way. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing unto you, O Lord, my God and my Redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. The Book of Remembrance. The name Book of Remembrance seems to be the only recorded name in the Book of Malachi. You only see that name in the Book of Malachi. So let's start turning over there this morning. But I think that you're going to find it to be pretty fascinating. So the book of Malachi, chapter number three, these are verses that you should all be very familiar with. We're going to start reading in verse eight through 12. 
Are you there? And it says, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? For you're robbing me the whole, for you are robbing me the whole, I'm, I'm sorry, let me go back. But you say, how, are, how have we robbed you? In your with a curse, for you are robbing me. The whole nation of you. This is God speaking. Verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is no more need. Verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of your soil and your vine in the fields shall not fail to bear, says the Lord of hosts. Lastly, verse 12, then all the nations will call you blessed for you will be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Now skip over to verse 16, that same chapter, chapter number 3, verses 16 and 17. It says, Then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. The Lord paid attention and heard them. The Lord paid attention and heard them. Watch this. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. Verse 17, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. We're going to go over some of these verses in a minute. But a couple of scriptures are connected to the book of remembrance that's mentioned here in Malachi 3. Although maybe not mentioned by that specific name, we'll find it, for example, we're not going to go there right this minute, but for example, Isaiah 4.3, if you want to jot that down in your notes, and Daniel 12.1. Hold the thought on Daniel 12.1. Uh, we're going to circle back to that in a minute. But I want to give you this morning three points that we can gather about this book. Number one, the book of remembrance is linked to our giving. The book of remembrance is linked to our giving. Now, because this book, the book of remembrance, is mentioned after the instruction given regarding tithes and offerings in the book of Malachi, this book is linked to our giving. You see, this is an important book as it records or marks something that is noteworthy. God takes note of our giving. Remember the widow's might story? Do you all remember that story in the New Testament? The Bible records that Jesus sat down, this is what it says, sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting money into the offering box. I like to people watch sometimes when we're in the airport. A lot of times we have to kill time when we're in the airport coming back and forth here to Miami. And, <clears throat> well, you can see some real interesting people when you people watch. If you go to the mall and you sit for just a moment because your feet are tired and you watch people pass by, it's pretty interesting to people watch, is it not? Jesus himself took up a chair and he sat across, it says across or opposite the treasury box to watch people putting money into the offering box. So after doing some research on this topic, I found something really interesting here. I'm going to quote some of this uh, 
back and forth here from the Perry Stone Hebraic Study Bible. He summarizes it like this. And so he says, giving a tithe demonstrates our love for God, and it helps keep the spirit of greed away from our financial lives. I like that. It helps keep our, the spirit of greed away from our financial lives. It's a tool God uses to spread the gospel and to support the ministries that preach it. Now, I want to say this, that I realize that there are um, different schools of thoughts when it comes to tithing. I understand that. Uh, and then there are many people that don't believe in giving to God, don't believe in giving of their tithes and of their offerings to God. And you know what? That's their prerogative. If you want to believe that, it's up to you. But in this church, we do believe what the Bible has to say. So we believe in giving of our tithes. We believe in giving offerings. We believe in helping those in need. We believe in giving seeds to those that are going on missions trip, for example. We believe in those things. The Bible talks about that. As a matter of fact, we believe the whole Bible, not just bits and pieces. We're not going to do a Thomas Jefferson. I don't know if you know that, but that's what Thomas Jefferson did. He cut and pasted some of the things written in the New Testament, and he created Thomas Jefferson's New Testament. Did you know that? We're not going to cut and paste here. We're not going to cut and paste here. So I don't know about you, but I would rather, much rather, be a conduit of blessing than to give into a spirit of greed. And being a cheerful giver keeps the spirit of greed away from our lives. Amen? So that's point number one. Point number two. The book of remembrance is linked to those who fear the Lord and esteem him or respect him, admire him, those that esteem his name. Listen to this quote. There is a mystery linked to this book that must be searched out for further understanding. The word remembrance is the Hebrew word zikron. And it refers to a recorded memento or a memorable thing or writing. The root word zakar means to mark something that is noteworthy, to mark something that is noteworthy. Therefore, a book of remembrance records something to mark a person noteworthy. Isn't that interesting? The idea of God remembering is observed often in Scripture. We just said it a moment ago. God remembered Noah and every living thing that's found in Genesis 8.1. As he brought Noah and his family through the flood, he remembered right? He remembered Rachel and opened up her, her womb, Genesis 30, 22. He remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when he heard Israel in Egypt cry out for relief. You can find that at Exodus 2, 24. God remembered Hannah and gave her a son, 1 Samuel 119. Why is God remembering the names in Malachi's book of remembrance. Okay, let's look at it again. Malachi 3, 16 and 17. Once again, it says, Then those who feared the Lord, those who feared the Lord, the Amplified Version actually says, with awe-filled reverence. Those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. And then it says, the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. God heard those who feared him talking to one another. It says that he paid attention. 
It says that he heard them. If you go to verses 13 through 15, it gives us a clue that what was happening there is that there was murmuring going on. God just finishes rebuking them for not giving what was due to God. And what happens next is that they begin to murmur amongst themselves. They were saying amongst each other, it's useless to serve God. What profit is it if we keep his ordinances? This is what they were saying. This is what they were murmuring in those scriptures. However, in verse 16, we're then introduced to a set of individuals who feared God. Those who wanted to obey his commands and his ways. So just picture it with me for just a moment. Here's a group of people. Let's modernize it. A group of people. And God gives them a rebuke. And this part of this group of people, it kind of reminds me of, of uh, Caleb and, Joe and um, Joshua, right? When, when they get sent out, the spies are sent out, and then part of them, right, have uh, give the bad report, and then the two give the good report. It kind of reminds me of that. There was a group of them that they started murmuring, you know, what profit is it to serve God then? And then you have this other group of people who are like, I'm not going to listen to these bozos. I'm going to fear God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to follow his ways. I'm going to obey God's laws. And it, it is this group of people that God takes notice of. It's those whose names were recorded in the book of remembrance. Isn't that amazing? The Father hears everything that we're saying about him. Now, if you go to the book of Acts, just to point out one more similar mention of the book of remembrance, if you go to Acts chapter number 10, this time from the New Testament, it connects the dots with both points one, one and two that we just discussed a moment ago. And you'll remember this story in a moment. Acts 10, one through four. It records a story of a man by the name of Cornelius. You remember? And we read, it says, Now there was a man at Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. A devout, listen to this, a devout man and one who feared God with all his household. And watch what it says here too. And gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually. I hope you highlight those different uh, uh, verses, the words there in, those, in that verse. Look at verse 3. About the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in and said, Cornelius. And fixing his gaze on him and being much alarmed, he said, What is it, Lord? And he said to him, watch this, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial, as a memorial before God. This word memorial here refers to the same connotation given in Malachi 3. So here we find the link when it comes to the book of remembrance being tied to, number one, those who fear the Lord, devout men and women of God, amen, and two, our giving, our tithes, alms, helping the poor, etc. Number three, the book of remembrance is linked to those who God will rescue someday. Watch this. The book of remembrance is linked to those who God will rescue someday. In chapter 4 of Malachi, the Lord warns of the coming day. How many of you have read the book of Malachi? Okay. Now, before we go into chapter 4, let's look at verse 13 of chapter 3 again. It says... They shall be mine, 
says the Lord of hosts, in the day when I make up my treasured possessions and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Did you catch that? More on that verse in just a second. Hold that thought. But let's go to chapter 4 of Malachi, verses 1 through 6. Let's read those verses. It says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall arise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. And you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts. Remember, look how he calls to remembrance for the people. Remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes and he will turn the hearts of father of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction that's Malachi 4 1 through 6 remember how I said earlier to hold that thought um, on a couple of verses uh, that make reference to the book of remembrance not necessarily by its name um, but let's look at Daniel 12.1, real quick, go with me there. We're doing a little Bible study this morning, if that's all right with you. I like going Bible study. Come on, let me hear them pages or your phones, whatever it is that you use. Daniel 12.1, watch this. Look at the connection here. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince, who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble. This is the day. This is the, the coming day that the Lord refers to. A time of trouble such as never has been since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found, watch this, written in the book. So referring to Malachi, let's look again at the Hebraic Study Bible. And I really don't want you to miss this. Watch what this says. Gosh, this is beautiful. It says, these verses identify events surrounding the future tribulation. There's going to come a day of a future tribulation. We're heading towards that. It says, so the purpose of putting the names in this book is to spare them the trouble coming in the future tribulation. The Lord says, they shall be mine in the day, the day, the, the day I make up my jewels. Look at this. Look at this. The day I make up my jewels or treasured possessions, depending on the version you're re reading it from. As we, as we read in, in uh, verse 17 in the ESV, jewels or treasured possessions. The phrase make up, make up, is to bring forth and can allude to a journey. Watch this. For the believer... The journey would be when Christ returns to raise the dead in Christ and to catch up the living to be with him in heaven. The word jewels, which is found in the King James Version, the word jewels normally refers in the Old Testament to some form of jewelry. Here the word in Hebrew is segula and can refer to wealth or to a treasure. Note that God identified his people Israel as a treasure in Exodus 
Ye shall be a peculiar, a special treasure unto me above all people. And in Psalm 135, 4, it says, For the Lord has chosen Israel for his peculiar treasure, his peculiar people. These phrases should sound familiar. Amen? In the New Testament, we read these, um, it's, we read, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. That's in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. Peter wrote, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, like Pastor was saying earlier, a holy nation, a peculiar people that ye should show forth uh, the praises of, it, of him who called you out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. First Peter 2 9. God's jewels are twofold, both believing Israelites and those who make up the church who are in covenant in him. Twofold jewels. That's me. I'm a part of this treasure that God holds dear. I'm a part of this jewel. Amen. Think about that for a moment. The God of the universe calls us his treasure. The God who spoke everything into being calls us his jewels. That astonishes me. He says, they will be mine on the day that I prepare my own possessions, my own treasure, my own jewel. And what's more is that he will spare us as a man spares his own son who serves him. That's what the book of Malachi records. The book of remembrance could very well be the book in which the names of the overcoming righteous are inscribed. These could be the ones who will be delivered by being taken to heaven prior to the tribulation. As God will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. Woo! And also in Luke 21, 36, believers are actually told to watch and pray that they will be accounted worthy to what? To escape the time of the coming tribulation, to escape God's wrath, the coming tribulation, and to stand before Christ. Now, the Bible prophecy commentary, and I like to, I like to uh, compare what different commentaries have to say, and this one in particular also agreed by saying, being put into that book, meaning the book of remembrance, meant they would be protected from his fiery judgments. So, taking note and understanding that chapter 4 of the book of Malachi, the Lord is warning about a coming day and concluding in verse 5 with the sending of Elijah, the prophet, before the great day and terrible day of the Lord, this can refer to the future tribulation in which the prophet Elijah will return as one of the two witnesses prior to the final 42 months of the tribulation. How's that for a little bit of teaching for you this morning? Now, I understand as well that there are different schools of thoughts when it comes to the rapture and the catching away. We believe in the rapture here. However, we are assured that God has not appointed us to wrath. How do we know that? Because it's in the word. And how do we know that as well? Because he remembers. And he's inscribed our names in that book of remembrance. God's word does not return void. And what he says he will do. In the meantime, in the meantime, are you going to continue living your life in holiness, in righteousness, in sanctification, waiting with expectation for Jesus' return for his bride? I am. I am. 
Is your lamp and your oil, is your lamp trimmed? Is, is, your, is your oil full? Is your lamp ready? And your gaze toward heaven? Our, our bridegroom comes speedily and soon. Come, Lord Jesus. I know we need him because it's a mess where we're living in right now. And we need him. Will you stand with me this morning? God remembers and spares those who fear him. Those who meditate upon his name. Those who testify and witness to one another. He hears our conversations. He loves it when we're talking about Daddy God. He loves it when we come together as one body like we are here today and we testify of his goodness. And he loves it when he does rebuke us and we still glorify his name and say, we're going to follow your ways, Daddy, no matter what. Because sometimes the Lord needs to realign us. Amen? He does this throughout the seven churches in the book of Revelation. Amen? He gives, he gives a, a, a good amount of them a, a nice rebuke. And he does that with us. Why? Because he loves us. Not because he wants to be a mean God, but because he loves us. He remembers. He remembers. He remembers our giving. He's watching. He's watching if we're helping the poor, if we're giving of our tithes, of our offerings into our local congregations. Are you grateful for the book of remembrance? Hallelujah. I find comfort in knowing that my name is inscribed in this mysterious book found in heaven that's mentioned in the book of Malachi, the book of remembrance. However, that should put us all on notice. Don't forget to remember that he remembers. So put that in your reminder on your phone. Every day. I have an ongoing, I have several, ongoing every day reminders on my phone. Well, that's a good one. I have Luke 21, 36. I've shown Minister Sandra this before. Luke 21, 36. I have it on my phone every single night before I go to bed. God, may me and my family be counted worthy, our church body, to escape wrath and stand before your very presence, Jesus, at the time of your coming, at the time of the catching away. May we be found worthy. May you find faith in us, Lord. May you find us worthy to escape the things that are going to take place on this earth. I have that in my reminder. Now I'm going to remind myself every day not to forget that he remembers. Maybe I'll put a little book of remembrance every single day on my phone. Don't forget to remember that he remembers. Will your name be inscribed in the book of remembrance? With every head bowed and every eye closed for just a moment, let's do a self-check. You know I always love to challenge you. Let's put a self-check in our minds for a moment. Are we living righteous before God? Are we fearing his name? Are, it, are, we, are we esteeming his name? Are we following his ways? Are we following his commands? Can we truly say, God, I am, I am living a righteous life to the best of my ability with you by my right hand helping me at all times? Do you fear him? Do you respect him? Do you admire him? Do you esteem him? Are you giving according, according to the word of God? Are you giving accordingly? Are you helping those in need? Let's not forget to remember that he remembers. 
And if you find yourself here this morning and you say, you know, I need an adjustment, Pastor Yvette, or maybe you are here today and you say, I don't necessarily have a relationship with Jesus, but I'd like to. I would love to pray for you. And as we go in prayer this morning, if you would just raise your hand up high and say, I need prayer. I need a realignment. I need to walk with Jesus and I need to invite him into my life. If that's any of the above for you, will you lift up your hand? I'd love to pray with you. Even those of you that are hearing this message online, can we pray and say, Father, I receive you as my Lord and as my King. I repent of my ways and I ask you into my heart and into my life. Realign what needs to be corrected. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God, that he came and he died and he's seated at your right hand. I ask you, Holy Spirit, to help me walk in God's ways every day of my life. Help me, Lord. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Now let me pray for you as we close this morning. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for this message. I thank you for this book. I thank you for this book, the Bible, that instructs us in every way, that shows us who you are and puts to reminder in our minds and in our hearts your magnificence, your glory, your awesomeness, and it puts to remember, to remind us of who you are and what you've done for us, oh God. So I pray, Lord, that as we go our way today, that we will never forget that you remember. May our names be inscribed in that book of remembrance and in all the books that you mention in your holy word. I pray a blessing over my brothers and my sisters this morning in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. Come on, give God glory in the house.